You're listening to The Tech Box. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode four of The Tech Box. You'll notice that it isn't your usual host, Dave Rich, with us tonight, and that's because poor Dave has lost his voice, so we hope you get better soon, Dave. Uh, I'm joined tonight by uh, James Honeyball. Good evening, everybody. And also, from all the way on the other side of the pond, Mr. Andy Hagen. Hello there. You just sound like you're miles away, Andy, but never mind. We'll we'll cope with that as and, as and when. So, anyway, the first question for the evening is, what do we all think about the Note 8? Over to you, James. So, I think it looks very promising. Um, <coughs> the one thing that uh, really stands out to me that it seems to combine every single thing that we're looking for in a phone at the moment. So, it has that absolutely fantastic screen, super thin, has a pen if that is an option for you. Uh, has the all of the different ways of uh, authenticating with the phone super fast. The one thing that I was particularly interested in when they were uh, running up to the announcement, I didn't actually watch the announcement, so I don't know if they made a big play of this, but I think that this is something that they're claiming, is that they have put a lot of effort in to making sure that the frame rate is high and consistent, that it doesn't drop frames. And I do think that that's one of the things that people complain about the Samsungs for when they talk about lag. I think one of those things, as we mentioned on a previous podcast, where it's not maintaining that solid frame rate, 60 frames a second, uh, and it starts dropping and getting a little bit juddery. If they've really taken that out, and that's one of the things that's really uh, appealing about things like of the Pixel and the Nexus uh, Androids before that, if they have done that, then it could be the perfect Android phone. Well, it certainly is possible, isn't it? And do you think you're going to go and get one? So I was sat there after all of the announcements had been made and I was just pondering it and I was thinking, okay, it's a fantastic amount of money, but it's really got all these things. Should I be buying it? And ping, all of a sudden in our group chat, what do I see? Andy Hagen seems to have made some in this area. Yeah, I think it's time we came clean and handed over to Andy. Andy, are you thinking of getting a notice? <laughs> I had one of those maniac moments, you know, like a, a villain in a superhero cartoon where they go, <laughs> it will be mine. I just thought, you know what? Why not? Uh, all six numbers, all six numbers came up on the, on the lottery. So, you know, I've, I've won $700 million. So I thought, why not? So, so why not is, is possibly in the UK because the cost where it's 869 pounds, which bit, bit of a deep intake of breath, that one. Well, it's a slightly easier pill to swallow on this side of the Atlantic because what Samsung are doing rather cleverly is they are promoting the, the Note 8 via their own website. And if you have an older phone, you can trade that in and get a $300 discount off of the, 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 the retail price, which I believe is $950 before tax, which is another 50 or so dollars added onto that. But you slice $300 off of that and it becomes ever so more attractive. Now, the interesting thing is the phones that you can send in for, for a trade in vary anywhere from an LG G4 all the way up to uh, an S7 Edge. But really, <laughs> bizarrely, some phones... You sold your LG G4, didn't you? Yes, but that's what eBay is for. So you can buy another one for $60, and then, you know, they'll give you three, a $300 discount for it. It is it is rather flipping bonkers. But the, the, what the really crazy thing is, is that when you look on their website, and you look at the phones that are... Um, that they're, they're sort of tiered discount bands so some phones are worth $300 of discount so the G4 for, for whatever reason falls into that category and unbelievably some phones like the iPhone 6s fall into the category where they'll only give you a $200 discount now so, I'm not so I'm not an iPhone worth less than a four, G4 yeah now I'm not an iPhone person but I'm also not a complete moron and I know that a 6s is worth a heck of a lot more than a G4 but that's that's the game Samsung are playing. They're also adding in... It's just a mistake, Go isn't on. it? I mean, $300 for a part exchange on a G4 is absolute madness. Yeah, but, but Andy's got Andy's got form on this, haven't you, Andy? Well, they've got... What they've done is they've they've bundled in all the LG phones into one category. So the G4, the G5, and the G6 will all get you a $300 discount. And then various other phones... Um, I just remember, you know, the iPhone 6 and 6S are only worth 200 to them. But the other thing is the... 
the, the, the extra sweetener for this deal is that if you do the pre-order, not only do you get that discount if you have something to trade in, but you also uh, receive either uh, a 360 camera unit or a little uh, bundle of a 128 gigabyte micro SD card with the new convertible wireless charger. So either way, you know, if you have an old phone to send in, like a G4, go on eBay, they're very cheap. <laughs> you can send that in, plus get the uh, the goodies, the, the freebies, and a Note 8 on the the day it's it's going to be in the, in the shops for three hundred dollars less than everybody else. It is a, a ridiculous deal, so that's that's why I went for it. It's crazy. So how much is this going to cost you, including tax? Go on, let's let's get the full pain out of the way. It was uh, $650, give or take some change, uh, including tax. Wow. Maybe, no, so, I'm lying. It was about 600 and it was, it was actually a little bit shy of $700, so maybe 685 or something like that. But that's well, with let's, free let's ex- that. expedited shipping oh. and all the other bits and bobs. So, so, so you can get it for £526, including the 360 camera or the memory card or yeah. the fast charger or whatever, whereas in the UK... We get to pay £869, but then again, we get a Dex dock. It's not a very good deal in the UK by comparison, is it really? Not really. Plus, I also forgot to mention they are throwing in a steak dinner. <laughs> steak dinner. <laughs> right. That really... As long as you buy the steak yourself and cook it yourself. <laughs> ah, yeah, so I, think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty good deal. And, you know, I think what they're doing is that, you know, the American market over here is so saturated with uh, iPhones is I think they are they are really putting the sweeteners out because they want people to to not be tempted by the new iPhone which is just around the corner they're they're trying to tempt people onto their own products and away from Apple so Andy the, okay. the interesting thing here is uh, they're putting all of these uh, incentives onto the sort of direct from Samsung sim only sort of uh, carrier agnostic option and it's interesting that they're not pushing all of their marketing efforts into the carrier branded ones. It's interesting though, James, because when you go on the website, you can actually choose um, any of the US carriers instead of unlocked. I chose unlocked because I just I just prefer it that way without all the bloatware. But I could have easily picked the T-Mobile version through samsung.com and it still would have been the same deal with the discount and the freebies so you can do it that way i think what they expect is that they're going to send it to you and you already have an activated sim card because that yeah. they don't do that i don't i don't think but um the only the, the only downside by doing it this way which isn't really a downside um they released it uh, at the big announcement yesterday in four colors uh the unlocked version over here in the states is only available in in midnight black and if you want to go via a carrier, T-Mobile, Sprint, Verizon, or AT&T, you get Midnight Black or the Silver Grey version. The the gold one and the blue ones, are they're not available in the States uh, when it's released. I, I would assume that's going to come further down the line towards Christmas, maybe. But um, that's what's available right now. So, there's a big question here, isn't there, Andy? Um, you you uh, are now denuding the United States of Galaxy, uh, sorry, uh, LG G4s, because every time Samsung come out with this offer, you take them up on it. And and that basically brings me to the next question. What is there in the Note 8 that makes it worth you upgrading from uh, Galaxy S8 that you've already got? Uh, good question. Um, not that much, I don't think. But considering that at the end of the day, once the Note 8 arrives and how much I've paid for that compared to what I paid for the S8, it's almost like for like. So I'm getting a slightly bigger phone. Um, not that I'm uh, putting that as a priority because I, I would have gone for an, an S8 Plus if that was. But I, I've started to think a bigger phone would have been a, a nicer thing. Hmm. Uh, the stylus, something I've never used and i quite like to see if that's something that I would use. Um, it might be, it might not be, but I don't know until I've tried. But really, the thing for me was the fact that the uh, dual camera is now present on a Samsung phone, a flagship yeah. Samsung phone. And after seeing some um, iPhone 7 Plus pictures on the phone show chat, Flickr group, and, and other places as well, that portrait mode is something that is, is really something. And yeah, I'm glad yeah. that the 
the the the the note eight does that and then goes a step further so you can you can do the portrait mode picture and then you can actually go back into the the camera and find out that it also took a sort of regular picture at the same time so you can a wide angle lens picture so it does it does two pictures um so you can pick and choose and also you can change the blur effect after you've taken the picture i'm I have no idea what what you can and can't do on the iPhone 7 Plus because I've never used it. But that little feature, I really like that feature. And um, I think, you know, I think Apple have done a great job with the iPhone 7 Plus. I've seen those those photographs and they're they're really amazing. And I think now that Samsung have, have... I don't want to use the word copied, but I think, you know, they're progressing the, the, the feature or whatever you want to call it. I think it's going to become one of those features that if you are going to release a flagship looking at you, Nokia 8, you're going to have to bring some more goodies to the table. And I think this portrait mode is going to start to become um, almost something that people are going, are going to require if they're going to put down proper money for a phone. That's something, along with things like an SD card slot and wireless charging and a glance screen. These are the things that people are going to expect now, I think. Mm, I think you're right. I mean, uh, personally, I, I, I mean, I, I, I get very frustrated with my um, iPhone 7 Plus, not because there's anything wrong with it, far from it. It's because um, I, I got, I've got to the point where I know how to get everything out of that camera, and, and so I try something else, and I, and I find myself going back to the 7 Plus as a comfort blanket. And, and you're right, the portrait mode is... Is really quite something. Although, and, and I mean, I, I last, last took a portrait mode picture yesterday, so this isn't a huge criticism. I am a bit fed up with everything being out there. Is is all of a sudden portrait mode? It's sort of a, we can do this, so let's do this. Well, sometimes that produces a great result. Other times, it produces a, a sort of rather artificial result. But then, on some occasions, it produces an amazing result, doesn't it, James? It does. So do do tell. So I do have a portrait mode story that happened uh, last weekend. Because uh, I agree with you, Andy. I think it's going to become an essential feature. And if you think of how good um, it looks, you know, you've got this basically like prime lens effect where you've got like the sharp uh, image in the foreground and the sort of bocker in the background. But, you know, it's just yeah. the beginning of the computational photography that's in front of us. And very soon, you know, we're probably looking at like 95% of like a DSLR's tricks being replicated and faked in inverted commas in software and looking good enough, especially as a lot of people are looking at their photos on phone screens and iPads and stuff, and they're not blowing them up into huge poster size uh, pictures. Uh, but back to last weekend. So um, I was at Nubu Races and they were having a, uh, a little competition where you took a photo, you did a hashtag uh, and you entered their competition, and it was to win a meeting with Oli Mers. Can you think of a better prize? Well, I mean, my life would be complete. I'm, I'm just distraught not to have been able to do that, especially since I, I have a OnePlus 5 that has a bit of a Yeah, yeah, as well. you would have been you know. in the game. You would have been in the game. Yeah, I would, I would. So I thought you got to... Gotta... I hate to say this, but I hate to say this, but if he was stood next to me in the post office, I wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> Um, no, nor me, mate. It's all age, Andy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he has a very tall vertical sort of bouffant uh, sort of fringe that sort of flips up at the uh, front. So just look out for anyone who's got one of those. It's probably Ollie Merz. Okay. Um, so anyway, I took a photo uh, of my sister and her friend, um, and I posted it to Twitter. I hashtagged it, and what do you know? I won. And... They it was quite funny actually because they uh, they did actually tweet back to me saying oh follow us and DM us and all the rest of it but by that time my phone had gone back into my pocket and my wallet had come out and you know several notes were flying everywhere um, losing money basically um, so I didn't notice it and so they said over the PA oh will James Honeyball come to the main reception and um, that was it and it was a really sort of wow. I thought oh they're going to throw me out you know they've uh, they see me doing something they, dodgy, and uh, they've caught you. Yeah, but yeah, they said, "Okay, you've won it." And um, I mean, I didn't take the the place of the meet and greet. I gave that to my uh, sister and her friend. But I'm convinced that there's no way it would have won if it didn't stand out due to the fact that it was taken with the portrait mode. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's right in this instance. I, I think this is a good example of where it's great, isn't it? Because the, there's plenty in the background, but you're not distracted by it. Mm. So yeah, my um, position on uh, cameras at the moment is really this portrait mode effect of telephoto and 
uh, normal uh, lens combined really is the one to go for. And I kind of slight, I just roll my eyes a little bit when people say, oh, this phone's got a monochrome sensor and a color sensor and the monochrome sensor is going to somehow add a little bit more detail. It's almost like that's the monochrome option. It's just making up a little bit of deficiency in the main lens. Whereas I agree. by having a telephoto or a wide angle in LG's case, it adds to the main lens you yeah. know, and allows you know, new effects and new capabilities. So, yeah, I'm definitely a fan. Got to be dual camera. And I'm just waiting for the day where we have, you know, three lenses, you know, a telephoto, a normal and a wide angle, and you can just seamlessly zoom in and out and apply all it, these. It has to come, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. It, it, mu- it must come. I mean, I mean I, I've got a, a, a G6 and it takes great wide angle shots and, and the G6 is better than the G5 in that the whole thing is seamless, whereas the G5 you have to sort of select which lens you want to use. On the on the G6 it sort of zooms from, from normal to wide in the same sort of way that the um, iPhone goes from the one times uh, lens to the two times lens that there has to it has to come you could even even see you know phones with three or four or five cameras on the back mm. with different sort of features and facilities as long as they don't result in huge power drain or a huge camera uh, sort of bulge and, and actually i think we're at that point that so much can now be achieved with uh, digital trickery that 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 probably isn't so much of an issue and I've never really been bothered by camera bulges too much, as long as it's not. No. I no. mean, okay, the the eight hundred eight and the K zoom had huge bulges, and when you had those, yes, they were inconvenient, and they really were the price you were paying for having this fantastic camera. But just having it a little bit um, proud off the back of the phone, I think, is fine for me anyway. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me at all, actually. I mean, I, I, I still occasionally get the um the, the, the Nokia 808 out and take a few pictures with that to be honest the the awkwardness of getting them out out of the phone and onto anything useful is probably puts me off more often than not because I, I talk myself back out of the idea before I've, I've talked myself into mm. it but um but no it it it, it, it wouldn't bother me at all but uh, I, I agree with you that, that the the more alternatives there are with, with the, the different lenses the, the the more appealing the phone is to me and, and that's that's kind of why I have rather too many phones on my desk at the moment. But that, that's another story. <laughs> but um, but no, I think I think we have to say Andy is spendthrift of the week, uh, which is good. <laughs> um, and and I, I do believe that I've I've got uh, Holly's contact details on Facebook, Andy. So uh, what's it worth? <laughs> yeah, mate? I'll be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I'll, I'll be doomed. Yeah, I just have a quick the, question. I don't know whether mm-hmm. you two know the answer to this. I didn't really delve deep into this, but I did. I did hear them say uh, in yesterday's presentation that the two lenses on the back of the Note 8, one was telephoto, does the yep. portrait thing, got that. He said the other one was a wide-angle lens. Now, does that mean it's the same kind of lens as the one on the back of the G6? I think or that's does it what mean... it means, yeah. I think people refer to... So then you're, to... Really get, you're, really getting a lot of, you're really getting a lot of bang for your buck then. It's almost like getting the best part of the iPhone 7 Plus and the best part of the G6. Pretty much. Arguably. Oh, no, sorry. I don't, I think when they say wide angle, I think they just mean that, um, do they not, I don't know this for a fact, so do they not just mean that the main cameras on most phones are fairly wide angle and therefore they're referring to a wide angle? I think so. Looking at at the website, it it reads as though basically we've got an ordinary lens and a a wider angle, basically. Yeah, I think that's right. But, But that said... Uh, I think it's time we stop talking about the Note 8 or I shall want one, um, which probably is a good point in, in which to, to move it on. So how about if we talk next about the ongoing um, messaging challenge? Uh, who wants to talk about WeChat? Uh, I've what? I've not really had that much of a problem with it. I like how you can have uh, the conversation continue on a computer screen, which you couldn't do with Allo. Or could you? Yeah. Did I miss out on that well, you, one? You, you, you couldn't, but in fact, whilst we've been playing with WeChat, they finally launched the, the web version of Allo, so you could do ah, that. right. But, yeah. but I don't no, think I'll... any of us was in a hurry to try it out, were we? Not really. But with the WeChat, I'm, you know, I, I don't know why I have less of a problem with WeChat than I did with, with BlackBerry Messenger. But WeChat just is not very... I think it's not very intrusive. Um, I don't have ads popping up all over the place. Um I quite, I quite like it. I don't know why I'm saying that hesitantly, but um, it's been okay. It's been fine. You know, I, I, I get the little, 
Sorry, James, go on. I was just going to say, I think <clears throat> when we first selected it uh, last or the, the last po- podcast, I think we I was expecting it to be a little bit more of a suite of apps or frameworks and for there to be extra stuff in there. And I don't know whether that's just available in Japan and we don't get those things, but I didn't really well, see it's, anything. It's Chinese, isn't it? Or China, we chose yeah. Chinese, okay. yeah. I, I, I was the same, yeah. So when it started by, and I, I think you're going to move on to this, Richard, when we had to first sign in and it asks for the voice print. I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be some interesting use for yeah. this voice print. And it just seems to be, thank you very much. We've got your voice print. That's gone off to the uh, Chinese uh, mainframes. Yeah. And uh, let's get on with yeah. giving you a chat yeah. app. Yeah, we, yeah, we're now totally uh, sort of capable of having a um, voice print used nefariously by the Chinese government, I think, aren't we? Absolutely. Probably not a tremendously uh, uh, wonderful state of affairs. I, I, I thought that was a bit odd because I, I, I thought when it took, like you, when it took the voice print, I was thinking, well, oh, maybe there's going to be some, you know, really quite interesting uses for this. But I, I, I haven't been prompted for anything uh, regarding that. I mean, it, it's funny. I, I, I thought actually the original comment that, that Charney in, in, in Mumbai made was quite an interesting one. She said it re- reminded her of a, an old fashioned market where you could get absolutely anything you wanted, but it, it kind of looked cheap in a sort of a way. And, and yeah. I know what she meant. You know, I, when, when I first started using it, I was thinking, well, yeah, it's not bad. It's not as polished as, as, as WhatsApp. The web interface isn't as polished as WhatsApp. And, uh, you know, uh, yes, there weren't adverts like there are on Blackberry Messenger, but there was a bit of me thought, well, uh, I don't know. I'm not so sure I struck on this, but I think actually once you get used to it, it it's, it's mostly pretty good, actually. I mean, it, it has one or two slightly frustrating things, doesn't it? You know, like the way when you open the app, it insists on showing you the logo and whatever before it will let you go into anything, and and, and the way that conversations carry on scrolling to a degree. But um, yeah, it, it it basically does quite a good job. I, I don't think I would feel if I was using this as my first messaging app and I had lots of friends on it. I don't think I would feel a huge urge to go somewhere else. Um, but at the same time, maybe because I'm more familiar with it, I still prefer WhatsApp to it. It's 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 come closer for me than Allo or or BBM have yet. Simply on the web interface for my use, I I, I do a lot of um, a lot of stuff online, you know, on on a, um, a Mac. So you know, I'm often on Twitter using a Mac client. I um, I do a lot of messaging using a, a Mac client. So it's good not to be forced to type into a you know the, the screen of the phone that said it suffers from the same problem as, as everything else it's tied to a phone number now i wouldn't try and have all of the phones on my desk attached to the messaging app but actually i very often am using one of three um and either you you set yourself up three times and presumably the same voice print three times or what if they reject you if you try and set it up twice and say oh no i've already got that voice print on file um but i i do think this is a something that's kind of been missed so maybe we can look at that in a minute or two when we we talk about what we're going to move on to next but but overall I, i'd have to say i think it's quite um quite an impressive system works quite well um did anyone try moving phones with it? Because I'm wondering whether if you move phones, because I just kept it on my main phone the whole time, but if you do move mm. phones, maybe it uses the voice print there to, to sort of get you onto the new phone? It's a good idea and probably one we should have thought of before we started talking yeah. about it, isn't it, really? <laughs> um, no, I didn't because um, when I tried that with um, BBM, it was a thoroughgoing pain, if you remember. If you changed, moved phones, it chucked you out of the, the user group that you'd set up. So if you if you remember, I set up the user group on BBM, changed, yeah. added added another phone, not so much changed phones. I added another phone, and and both phones were chucked out of the user group, and I had to get Dave to let let me in, which I thought, well, this is a bit much, really. You're forcing me to leave my own group and then having somebody else let me back in. But so no, I didn't try that. Maybe we should, should have tried that, but um, no, I don't know. I, over, overall, where would you rate that in in relation to the ones that we've tried, James? Oh, yeah, I think it was probably up there. As you say, it was fairly, even though it wasn't particularly polished and didn't look great, it was com- completely inoffensive, wasn't it? I mean, it, you just got, yeah. got in and out. It was quick once you got past the moon-loading uh, screen. Um, yeah. And I, I think... Uh, okay, it doesn't do animated GIFs. Uh, I think there's some workarounds with animated stickers, which I couldn't really, didn't really have the energy to get into. But it, it just did everything that we needed it to over the two weeks, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, well, how would you rate it compared with BBM and Allo? I would. If you, to, if you had to rank them, where would it come? So I would probably 
probably put this one top if I pretend that the adverts on BBM bothered me, which I can't say they bothered me hugely, but they were a little bit annoying. So maybe I'd put this one uh, top and then BBM and then aloe. But I think they're all fairly close together at the moment. Okay, and how about you, Andy? What would you what would your ranking be? Uh, I would agree with James. I would I would put this up up the top, but that's not to say that the the you know BBM in second place is you know there's a huge gap between first and second. I think I, you know I kind of I, I kind of think they're all very similar in terms of it being a messaging service that is on my phone that I probably wouldn't use outside of this podcast. You know, I wouldn't encourage my friends to, to, to open up a BBM account or a WeChat account. It's not something I, you know, I've been using and thinking, oh, good Lord, I need to stop using WhatsApp. This is amazing. It's that, that hasn't happened. And so, you know, right now I'm still friends and family with Facebook Messenger and, and WhatsApp. Hmm. Hmm. It, yeah, hasn't, it, hasn't, it hasn't swerved me off the beaten track. No, that is, that's really where I'm at. I, I, I would rate this top of the ones we've tried because of the web interface. I'm okay, I haven't tried the Allo web interface, but I, I, I can't help thinking that the other aspects of Allo still would get on my nerves, and so I can't see that I would really like that very much. I think if, if BBM had a web interface, I would probably prefer BBM to this. But where we're at, I think this is this is top of the pile. So the question is, what's next? And, and um, uh, there are one or two obvious candidates. I mean, let, let's let's leave WhatsApp out of it for now, um, okay. for the obvious reason most people will have come across WhatsApp. Um, I thought of three we could try. So uh, the three I was I was thinking are um, Telegram, which. Um, I, I tried to get my, my family to use Telegram, but they're all so embedded in, in WhatsApp that it, it didn't work. But Telegram looks to me very similar to, to WhatsApp. Um, it's just not owned by Facebook. Um, next one was um, Facebook Messenger, which um, uh, I think there are people who, who won't want to use that as a point of principle. I think Dave said he doesn't have a Facebook account and doesn't want one. Um, and the other one that came to mind was um, Line. Now, Line is a, a Japanese company, very big in Japan, uh, and there's sure there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, Line is the company, you might remember, they bought Mix Radio um, and then suddenly closed it down. But it's a yeah. very big messaging app in the Far East, similar to, to WeChat. So I guess I'd suggest that, um, but it's not just down to me. What, what do you guys think? I'd go... I'm happy to try, try Line. Yeah, I'd go line. I mean, I think we have to. We're still looking for a little bit of weirdness and character, aren't yeah. we? Of the good yeah. kind. So I think we're only yeah. going to find that in line out of those three. I think. So let's go with that. Let's go in line then, and we'll we'll tell Dave that he's got to go with line and and, and add the others, and and we'll see where that gets us to. And and you know maybe we'll find some some squeaky goodness that that's worth abandoning the likes of WhatsApp for. I, I mean, I, I I don't have a reason really to abandon WhatsApp. I think it's just interesting to compare them all and, and see what uh, different features they have and whether anything is in fact better. But so far, I think WhatsApp still has the crown, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I quite like this this experiment that we're doing because, to be honest, um, I, can, I can't remember whose idea it was. I think it was yours, Richard, to try these different messaging apps. But, you know, I, I, I would definitely have just stuck with the usual suspects, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, you know, regular texting. I've, I, I've been aware of these other messaging services, but I, I've had no inclination to try them out. And actually trying them out, it's, it's, it's given me a bit more of a perspective on what's out there and what's available. And if somebody said, oh, you know, I have such and such account, you know, why don't we join me on that? You know, I, and I, instead of saying, oh, okay, I'll just juggle like four different messaging apps on my phone. Now I know whether I would like it or not. And, and these apps, you know, that some of them have been around for a long time and I haven't touched them. So yeah. it, it's interesting. I, you know, I don't even know. Was Line even on Symbian back in the day? Or I, I got a feeling it may have been, actually. But it, it certainly has been around a very long time. Um, yeah. I, I don't know I don't know which uh, platforms it has apps for. I shall have a look whilst we talk. Um, but it, it, it does kind of make you wonder whether or not it has been uh, on just about every platform. I'm almost certain it was on BlackBerry at one point. Um, oh, yeah. I think that's right. 
It certainly is, um, hang on, Wiki has its own Wikipedia page, no less. At the moment, it's, uh, oh goodness me, it's, it's even on Windows. There's a UWP for Windows. Oh, uh, wow. I, I, iOS and Android. So that's the, that's the current state of play. Um, and it describes itself as a freeware app for instant communications on electronic devices such as smartphones, tablets, and personal computers. You can exchange text images, video and audio, and conduct free VOIP conversations and video conferences. So it, it sounds fair and square in the in the, the challenger for, for the title, doesn't it? So I guess, uh, especially since it's the Windows desktop client, but not a Mac desktop client, so they are boo, 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 as far as I'm concerned. But we'll we'll see what happens before we go, <laughs> and, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, um, sounds so, good. Anyway, there we go. Well, um, I think it was you, James, wasn't it? You wanted to talk about the Pixel C. Yeah, so I'll get to the Pixel C via the iPad Pro. So I, when the iPad Pro 12-inch first came out, I did want one, but I never got around to getting one. Um, and when the rumours of the 10.5 came along, I thought, oh, they're just going to drop the 12.9. And there wasn't that many rumours of it. And so when they launched the new 10.5 and the 12.9, I thought, right, I'll get one. Uh, <clears throat> and I got one, and... It, I had that thing that I get with a lot of new uh, bits of equipment where I start noticing slight deficiencies in the screen. And I noticed a slight book spining or dimming down the edge of the screen, which has got the button on. So when you've got it in um, the keyboard, uh, the home button is on the right-hand side and the dimming was yeah. just on the right-hand side. And... The rest of the screen was fine, but my eyes kept getting drawn to it. And it was a very subtle dimming. It's not like you'd notice it at first glance. You only notice it after, you know, five minutes and then suddenly you get caught by it and you look at it. So I thought, oh, this is probably going to annoy me. So uh, I returned it. And whilst I was waiting to return it, I thought, tell you what, I'll just roll the dice and I'll get one from the Apple store. And I got, an, right. I got a new one from the Apple store because I thought, well, Apple's got good return policy. So if I get one with a good screen, I'll just send the other one back. Uh, and the one I got from the Apple store had a very evenly lit screen, but it was just a little bit too yellow. The, the white point oh. was just a little bit off. Um, and interestingly, when they were both sat down with the screens off, with the sun or light shining off them, you could see that the screens were different colours. So you could see that there was a difference in the manufacturer, a difference in the panels. Um, but it was, I thought that was interesting. But um, I thought, well, okay, I don't really want to keep this one either. So I, I sent both of them back. Um, and in the meantime, I was on um, uh, UK Hot Deals, you know, that website. Uh, yeah. And I noticed yeah. that the Pixel C was uh, on sale. And the Pixel C I've always found to be a really interesting uh, tablet because I loved the Nexus 7. I'm sure all of us loved our Nexus 7s. And I went for a Nexus 9, you know, that sort of eight inch yeah. uh, uh, tablet that HTC made. And I thought. It was that quite heavy, that one, wasn't it? It was James? quite heavy. It was. And the, but the biggest problem I had with it, to be honest, was the screen. The screen that I got was just awful. There was light bleed everywhere. Um, and wow. unless you were looking at a really busy photograph, the screen was just just completely unacceptable. So that lasted like a matter of hours with me before I sent that one back. And so when the Pixel C came out and it was quite expensive uh, and the reviews came in and it, they were quite they were quite nonplussed, it just completely put me off the Pixel C. And also, uh, I kind of think that having a soft menu bar at the bottom of a phone is acceptable because it's on the smallest uh, edge. But if you've got a tablet that you're constantly putting into landscape and you have the Android soft keys at the bottom, you're starting to lose quite a big amount of screen. So that aspect of it put me off as well. Um, but then, and, and, and I remember getting a Pixel C in at work uh, at uh, close to release. And I remember handling it for two or three minutes and thinking, now nah, don't like it, move on. And then only recently, in the last couple of months, have I been handling it more and more at work and playing with it and noticing, actually, the screen is pretty good on this. It's not blotchy and colour bleedy. Uh, and the feel in the hand is quite nice and it's quite reassuring. It's still heavy, Andy. It's still quite heavy, but it's metal, so you can kind of forgive it that. And so I thought, actually, I'm yeah, I couldn't forget. I couldn't forgive the, the Nexus Nine for being 
that it was almost like it was like you were holding a big lead block yeah <laughs> it was just too much for me i think i had it for about a week before i sent it back yeah so i thought okay i'll it's on offer so i'll go and get it and uh, I wanted to get it with a folio case, the same as the uh, iPad Pro cases, but that I was sold out. So I got it with this like little clamshell case that magnetically um, slaps onto it. And I have to say, I really like this device. Um, I'm always pining for a decently powerful 10-inch-ish uh, netbook. And yeah, I've got the MacBook, which um, does that. But as we discussed, I think on the first show, uh, it's quite fragile and it's not something you can throw around. Whereas with the uh, Pixel C, I do get the impression that it's a little bit more uh, rugged. Um, not terribly, but it is quite rugged. And it's the finish on it is fantastic. It's made of metal. Um, the operating system on it flies. Um, so, oh, and the other thing uh, that's a really nice touch that I put into um, the WeChat group uh, over the two weeks was if you give it, it doesn't have double tap to wake, which would be an obvious uh, use for the accelerometer in it, but it does have double tap to light up the little chrome multicolor bars on the back to show you in green lights how full the battery is. And I thought that was I thought a, that was great. That, that looked really good. Didn't yeah, it? I thought that was a really nice touch. And there's there's a few hmm. little nice touches with it. Uh, and the way that it's magnetically sticks to the keyboard is really nice. So I'm really happy with that. And I just wish, because it's like two-year-old technology, I wish that I'd um, just got it two years ago and um, stumped yeah. up the money. <laughs> I've thought I've thought the same. I've so nearly bought a Pixel C over the years, and then I think, no, you've got a nine-inch iPad. You don't want one of those. What are you going to do with it? But actually, uh, it looks a really nice device, doesn't it? Yeah. So I can see myself using this in the same way that I was planning to use the um, iPad Pro. But I have to say that I, when I sent the uh, second iPad Pro back, I did order a new one. So in the meantime, it's been waiting in a line uh, in China, and I got it uh, earlier in the week. And I'm quite happy with this iPad Pro screen, so I'm going to keep both. Um, the screen is pretty good. I can, I'm not looking too hard for imperfections. I think that's the key. But, you know, at multiple glances and using it for a little bit, screen's good, so I'm going to keep it. So everyone's a winner, really, because you've ended up with, with, with two, two devices yeah. now instead of, instead of one. And you got the inclination to try a Pixel C? Um, you know, I'm going to have to say no, only because... Um, that my my kind of tech setup is I've reached tech setup perfection now. What I have <laughs> is there such a thing? I don't until think. next week anyway. We, until we keep next striving week. for that, don't we? But we never quite. I've get got there. a nice yeah exactly nice laptop, which is a Dell XPS thirteen. I've had it for I think nearly two years or two years now. Very happy with it. No problems at all with that. I have a which is probably ancient now. It's a, a tablet, an LG tablet, which I think is called the, I want to say 8X. It's basically through T-Mobile. Um, but that does everything I need a tablet to do. I'm not really a tablet person. Um, the, the Dell XPS 13 is light enough for me to kind of chuck around the house and have on my lap and, you know, sit up in bed and do whatever I need to do on that. I, I, like I said, I tried the Nexus 9. I, you know, I thought I was going to have a tablet that I was going to use a lot. Every time I get one, I don't really use it. But that little LG one is it does the job, especially when you're on a, on a plane or you're traveling around, does the job. And, um, you know, obviously got the, you know, the work PC. And we're thinking about getting a new iMac for, um, for the missus because she wanted a new computer to do some decent Photoshopping on. And I thought, well... If I get a Windows computer for that purpose, knowing how even Windows 10 is these days, it's still not completely perfect where you can't just boot up and get straight into it. Even with mine, even though I, I know how to kind of get around it, I know that she wouldn't. And it would be a case of, Andy, it says I need to update this and it's doing this in the background. What do I do? You know, she has a MacBook Air. And she's never had, never, never had a problem with it. She's never had any kind of situation where she said, Andy, what does this mean? Or it's asking me to do this. You know, the only thing she has to do is plug the, the charger in when it says battery running low. And I think getting another Mac, even though it's quite pricey, I think it's going to be money well spent. She's going to be Photoshopping her, 
photos from her posh camera for years and years and years. And I think that would be a good investment for for many years to come without any any major major hiccups. So sorry for going off the on a ma- massive tangent on that one, but when it comes down to it. Um, no, I won't be getting a Pixel C, but I can definitely see how people are, are enjoying it. And I'm, I'm glad James has enjoyed it. I do have a quick question between that and the iPad Pro. Um, I'm, ass- I'm just wildly assuming there is a massive price difference, James. Yes. So the Pixel C was 400 uh, and the keyboard was 75, I think. And I think that's that's on offer. I think it was more expensive right. when it originally yeah. came out. And that's direct from uh, the Google Store. And then the iPad Pro, I think, was around 700. I think it might have been, been 799. Because uh, I got so just the base double. one. So it's twi- twice the price then, really? Uh, yes, essentially, yeah. But it is... And do you think... It is probably tw- it's probably at least twice as powerful... And the screen. Well, that's, that's is what I was going to say. Do you 50%. think it's worth another another four hundred quid on top of the Pixel C? I mean, do you, are you getting that bang for your buck with the iPad Pro compared to the Pixel C? I think the iPad Pro is probably well positioned for a lot of people to be their primary right. computing device. Um, I think I could make the Pixel C my primary computing device, but maybe I can't. Couldn't see everyone using it. Um, and I think you can see the extra money where the extra money's gone on the uh, iPad, just with the um, just with the size and the beauty of that screen and the power and how I mean it just makes absolute mincemeat out of any web page that you want to throw at it in terms of how yeah. quickly it renders it and how nicely it scrolls on it. I mean the 120 hertz um, refresh rate on that thing is is lovely. Right. So yeah, you can you can see where the extra money goes, but that's you know not not to take too much away from the Pixel C, which I think is as powerful as it's probably more powerful than I was expecting. It's definitely got some heft uh, when it is um, you know rendering web pages and things. It's not the uh, iPad Pro, but it's pretty good. Have you ever been tempted to get a Samsung tablet? I. It's interesting you should say that. Are you saying that because you're reading the notes? Um, no, I'm, I'm actually not. I was I was actually looking at my fish tank when I, when I when I asked that. Yeah. But I've had a couple of Samsung tablets, expecting them to be quite zippy because they're Samsung tablets and they and they weren't they weren't cheap. But I've sent them back because I I thought, good lord, it's the processor in this must be from 1976. It's just yeah. so slow. Yeah. And this cheapo 250 quid. LG tablet that I have is as zippy as a, as a need. Yeah, the there's a, I think the S the Tab S two is reasonably nippy. I think it's got the same processor and um, setup. Is that the latest one? No, that's the that's the previous generation, and that's that's the the the, the Tab S two is roughly the same as a Note four in terms of hardware. So that's pretty right. good, um, but certainly yeah. the Tab S, um, which I did buy recently as well. The Tab S is quite weak, uh, and that is one of their premium tablets. So everything else that's not the Tab S line, the S1, S2, S3, is really garbage. I mean, you know, bad screens and, you know, low um, speed processors and this. So um, the one thing that I really like, and the why I did get a Tab S recently, is I had the 8.4 Tab S, and this this is the tablet that I use... Um, for travel, if I'm on a plane, or if I'm on holiday, or if I'm uh, watching a movie in a in a on a tr- on a, a small space, it's eight point four, and it's got the AMOLED screen on it, quite high res. I think yeah, twenty five hundred, and it's the the uh, resolution of the screen, the um, uh, dimensions is sixteen by ten rather than four by three. Right. Uh, or three by two and so that fits watching films and tv content a lot nicer and i noticed that really people are moving away from these um 16 by 10 16 by 9 tablets and i thought actually what i've always wanted but never had is the 10 inch uh tab s so appalling performance from a cpu point of view but lovely screen and i think it's one of the few amoled screens which has got the super amoled plus panel which means that it's got full rgb um certainly right. the tab s 8.4 is um pentile um and i think a lot pretty much most of the amoleds that are out there at the moment are pentile so um 
I was on, I've been on eBay for a little while looking for one because uh, I didn't want, I kind of didn't want a secondhand one. I wanted to try and find a new one, even though they were becoming more scarce. And I found somewhere in Hong Kong advertising uh, the Tab S 10.5 new. And I thought, okay, I'll go for it. And uh, I received it. Yeah, but when they say new, what, what do they mean new? <laughs> well, this is the problem. Uh I've I've been burned before on eBay. The interesting thing about eBay is it gives you plenty of options to specify what new is. It's new or it's new other or it's manufacturer refurbished or it's seller refurbished. And I've noticed that uh, a lot of people are using manufacturer refurbished when actually manufacturer refurbished is not that prevalent out there in the market, you know. Uh, no, and, and that doesn't mean you did a factory reset before you put it back in exactly. the box. Exactly, and I think that that's what some sellers are basically taking. But this had new, and I thought, well, there's not too many two ways that you can go about new. New is new. Right, uh, so it, yeah. So it arrived, and I unpacked it, and it was in a box that had a picture of not a Tab S, but a, a generic Samsung tablet. I couldn't identify it, maybe, you know, like a... Uh, tab four or something like that i thought oh no they've just sent me the wrong one um and it had the but there's no model branding on there at all and it did have you know those uh, samsung you know break here stickers on had a couple of couple of those on it so i thought okay well maybe it is at least manufacturer refurbished i cracked it open uh it none of the stickers that you get a lot on the screen were there that's that give you the features and on the tab s line same as like the note three of and other samsung devices of the era you had to peel off tons of this plastic off the rims do you remember that you had to peel it all off the sides there was none of that so it obviously wasn't new new um and i just thought okay well i just hope it's a proper manufacturer refurbish where you know apple does such an incredible job with their refurbs um that they do i thought i just hope it's one of those and i hope that the battery's at least new um so turned it on i I put a utility on to see um how much use the the main board had had and it had 300 usb connections and 30 headphone connections um which obviously is not new if it was manufacturer refurbished, then at least it no, would be a decent device. If it was seller, I mean, that's taking the Mickey, isn't it? If it was seller refurbished, then um, that's not great, really. So I got back uh, in contact no. with the seller and uh, arranged a refund or a partial refund because I actually want to keep it because it is in quite good nick. Um, there's no right. there's no marks or scratches on it apart from it not having any plastic um, sheeting on it. I did go through it with a fine tooth comb. So he's obviously bought whoever's uh, refurbed it, either Samsung or somebody else. They've obviously bought, you know, genuine or new parts for uh, the screen and the back and the sides. So it's in decent nick. I'll keep it, but it is annoying. And it just goes to show the risk you always take with eBay. And even if you, you know, on eBay, I tend to go for new because that's unambiguous. Even then people obviously assume, well, it's kind of been properly refurbished, and it's in a sealed box, therefore I'm going to call it new. That's you know, it's not new. That's not new, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. Not 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 a, not a good position being as well when you've got it from Hong Kong and you, you're kind of at the mercy of the seller, aren't you? At that point, a bit. I think you're okay in terms of the PayPal cover, but I didn't really want to test it out. Um, it's a lovely. The screen on it is lovely. It's a lovely tablet. Um, it's got a micro SD card on. It's going to do everything that I want it to do. Um, I banged on um, the Google launcher and the Google keyboard and I went to town, you know, with doing everything that I, uninstalling everything that I could without rooting it. So um, uninstalling um, via ADB and uh, trying to hide through ADB and all this kind of stuff. And I've got it down to quite a a nice minimal uh, Samsung tablet. So I'm happy with it for the device, but yeah, a little bit disappointed that it wasn't completely new. I'm, I, you know, I'm in the, the mindset now of being stung so many times on on eBay, not just with tech stuff, but with other stuff as well. That from, you know, I made myself a promise a long time ago that I would never buy anything. I really wanted to to make sure it was brand spanking new. That I would not get it from eBay, no matter what the seller was saying, no matter what their rating was. 
I knew I'd be ordering disappointment. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, you know, I don't mind getting something that says it's in mint condition and it's clearly, you know, someone's used it and loved it and they're selling it on. I, many phones I've, you know, I've received through eBay that I know have, you know, been out of the box. They're, they've been used, even if it's for a short amount of time. I'm not expecting it to be, you know, brand spanking new. Yeah. But I've, I, I have ordered stuff before. I think my, I think my first 808 was ordered on eBay. The guy said, you know, brand new, sealed, never used, blah, blah, blah. You expected it to be straight off the shop shelf. And it came, it was not sealed. You know, there was none of that cellophane stuff over the screen or anything. And like you say, James, it was in decent enough nick. But, you know, I I was expecting something that was, you know, completely hermetically sealed. And this wasn't and so i was already set up for disappointment as soon as i saw it coming out of the the jiffy bag yeah. so i think it's fine if you if you want to get something like you know i'm mentioning that that nexus 9 again i knew that that wasn't going to be brand new the guy said it was mint but you know it came with all the whistles and bells and stuff and i, I took it out of the packaging and it was it was in Im- immaculate condition now I, I don't i didn't check the battery out um i knew it, it held a decent charge but i didn't check how many charges it had had or how many usb connections it had had or anything like that but you know to me i was okay with it being used because i'd had bought it for a very good price and i knew it wasn't going to be brand new when you order something from ebay even when they say new seller refurbished or or sometimes even you know used and they say oh, condition 9.5 out of 10 and then it turns up and it looks like someone kicked it through a car park you just <laughs> think it just puts you right off mm. You know. And there's such a premium, isn't there's such a premium difference between something that's in good condition, even if it's mintish, and something that's new. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. what thirty percent. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, there's a psychological thing. There's a psychological bonus from you know when I I bought this S8 directly from Samsung. It obviously it was completely brand new, sealed box, sealed everything. And psychologically, using that, knowing I've been the only person to ever use it knowing that the battery has been used just with me and things like that. It's, I think it's worth in some areas and some things and some items, it's worth spending a little bit of extra yeah. money to get one that is completely brand new. So, and so that, you know, even if it's just a psychological thing that, you know, it's just you that's been using it. It means, and you know, I was just going to say that it means that you get pleasure from unboxing it, don't you? Rather than exactly. hesitation and fear. Exactly. 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 Yeah. You know what's going to come in the post is something that you expected it to be, as opposed to fingers crossed. He says mint. What does that mean? A tiny hairline scratch in the corner. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. You know? The one trip. The one uh, hit tip that I would give is I've bought a couple of things off eBay where the seller has promised that they've been in a case and with a screen protector on for the whole time of its life. Right. And that does seem to have come to pass. You'd, I'd get it and, right. you know, I'd take maybe what the screen protector that they'd left on there, polish it up a little yeah. bit, look at the back, and it actually has been in pretty much mint condition. So sometimes when they say that, if that's true, that can mean that you're getting a phone or a tablet that's in pretty good nick. Yeah. And I would say it's probably 99% true because most people, even average sort of non-techies, out there they probably do get a phone they probably slap a screen protector on there they slap it in a case you know most people kind of do do that yeah. so you know if, if it says you know screen protector since day one and it's been in a case and you're and they're sending the case with the phone anyway so you kind of know that it probably was in there that that whole time you know my g5 was just like that james the guy said screen protector from day one. It's been in a case since day one yeah. and it arrived. And I peeled the screen protector off and took it out of the case because it was an ugly case. But man, I had, a, I had a problem trying to find one tiny mark on that, on that phone. Yeah. It was in complete pristine condition. You know, I mean, that guy could have, could have had me over and said it was brand new and I probably would have believed him. Yeah. Which is, which luck is, the, luck of the draw. Yeah, that's how I I try and sell things. If I sell something, you know, I'd like people to think, yeah, this is as good as new. Because that that probably anything else you get you get a you get a better price out of it that way. But also you get a certain amount of satisfaction that you know you you've actually done a a deal that everybody's happy with. Definitely. And so, yeah, certainly, exactly. I know the the few occasions when I have bought something and it hasn't been, I just feel so so uh, cut up about it. It's silly. I I really like things to be nice. I always put screen protectors on. I put them in sort of wraparound cases and 
you know, protect them as, as best I possibly can. Well, I know what Dave would be saying if Dave were, Dave were here now, and what Dave would be saying is, guys, we're, we're up to an hour. It's, it's time to, time to go tally tubby bye byes, as, uh, as my granddaughter would say. So do we time have any, any sort of last, last, yeah, exactly. Well, not in New York, maybe, but, uh, but for James and me, it's, uh, it's getting quite late now. Past it is, yeah. I'm sure. So do we, do we have any, any last thoughts before we, uh, we say bye until next time? Were you gonna, James? Were you gonna uh, tell us about three like home, Richard? Oh, very, very quickly. Yeah, um, a certain amount of commentary on on Fancho chat last weekend about three like home and how it doesn't work abroad. Um, and I would have to say I've been very vocal about complaining about it isn't like home at all. Um, but you, you might know that they liberalised the um, the market for mobile phones in mid June and basically banned all sort of restrictions on on roaming. Um, and I was in Spain while the changeover happened, and before um, everything was like treacle. Um, afterwards, it was still like treacle. So I, I emailed three and and had a really got a really helpful person there who who basically said to me, "Well, what you maybe don't realise is that three doesn't allow roaming on four G." So, um, the secret is to go into your phone settings and restrict it to 2G and 3G. Um, and, and then it produced a perfectly acceptable, although not stellar speed, but it, it, it did actually work. And I was able to download podcasts, upload photographs and all that sort of thing. The point is, if you don't restrict it to 2G and 3G, the phone will say, Oh, I've found Telefonica's 4G network or, uh, you know, uh, Orange France or Bouige or, or whoever it might be. And it spends its whole time trying to connect to the 4G network. Um, but it'll never be able to because the three doesn't allow 4G roaming. So your your solution, if you've got a three SIM, is uh, to um, restrict the, the the phone to 2G and 3G, um, and if not, go roaming with somebody who does allow 4G roaming, like e or Vodafone, if you are a, a UK consumer. So so that's the secret to three like home. So is that Richard because the them and their partners massively throttle the 4G? Uh, roaming or it no, literally they, they just don't allow it they literally don't allow it at all so you, when you, when you when you've got it and it's going like treacle it's still saying i'm connecting on 3g on the status bar no it, it's 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 changing the whole time and, and basically ah, it just okay. doesn't doesn't do anything it, it'll say no signal as often as not but but the reason would seem to be that it's i mean i mean i i tried this in um in switzerland last week and in, in dublin on monday um, and it, it certainly was the case that uh, in Dublin, for example, if you don't restrict it to 2G, 3G, you get almost no throughput at all. Um, moment that you lock it to 2 and 3G, you get, you know, a reasonable speed. I, I, I happen because I go to Dublin fairly often to have an Irish 3 SIM and, um, you know, there were some really good 4G speeds to be had on the Irish SIM, but on the UK one, you won't get them because you can't log onto the 4G signal. Mm, good tip. The only experience I've had with 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 three is uh, the feel at home. Is that every mm. time I go back to England and spend a, a bit of time there, uh, I obviously top my three sim up with you know ten or twenty quid, so I've got time you know spent there on some data and some text and whatnot. When I come back to the states, because that top up is is good for the month, uh, I come back to the states. I might have a week or two left on that on that sim card. So if I stick that in a different phone and keep it switched on, it will pick up usually T-Mobile, I think, um, mm. for the rest of the time that that top-up is is available. And it picks up 4G. So I don't know whether that's it's a European thing, but, you well, know, if I, if I come back home... A, go on. Is it, is it, I was say, is it because, um, uh, certainly I know AT&T did this, they called um, 3G plus uh, 4G, didn't they? Uh, whereas... Whereas in American terms, what we're talking about is no LTE. Right, yeah. I think, yeah, LTE is, is, is you know, the, the top speed yeah. category. 4, 4G is, you know, like you say, 3G plus, or they call it H plus sometimes. But yeah. It's, yeah. Still, it's still quick enough. You'll I'm get surprised, H, you'll, though. You'll get, you'll get H plus on, on uh, like home. Uh, it's, it's LTE 4G you won't get. On, on, on but I will say for... If you're if you're traveling to the states on holiday or whatever and and you're on three, then you are going to save some money. You know, if you've got a feel at home situation and you turn up in New York or Chicago or L.A. and you find that you are you know using data and texts and phone calls as if you were at home, compare that to a package from say you know Vodafone where you know you you are traveling to America specifically. I'm sure it's going to cost an arm and a leg. And it's probably like, be it's quite five stingy. pounds a day, basically. Yeah. Good lord. 
Wow. Just just for the just to be able to use your stuff, and and I think he right. is four four pounds a day there or thereabouts anyway. So yeah, it's I mean, got, it's definitely worth it. Same in Australia. You've got as two well. week if you've got a two week holiday, you know, going around the states, that's, that's going to add up. It's going to be quite expensive. So I think three at home, you have to do your research, but I think three at home is probably good value if you're travelling outside of Europe. Yeah, definitely, definitely so. Okay, well, there we go. That, that's, uh, I think, pretty much close to the point we should say good evening to everybody and, and call it a day for the uh, episode four. So, uh, Sounds good. Thank you very much for your time in America, Andy. You can go and enjoy the rest of your afternoon now. And, and to you, James, I will be well. heading straight down the pub. Fantastic. What time is it in America? <laughs> that's about half past four. Shocking. Yeah, it's half past four. Go and get a proper job, yeah. Mr. Hogan. <laughs> I know, it's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) We're only jealous. Okay, thank you, everybody. You've been listening to episode four of The Tech Box. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, James. Thank you very much. (laughs) 